0: Welcome back to the Recovering SGMer podcast. This podcast delves into the lives and the stories of people who once associated with Sovereign Grace churches. We discuss heavy topics such as abuse and spiritual trauma, so viewer discretion is advised. We will also share stories of victory and the freedom we have experienced after leaving Sovereign Grace Ministries. If you have any questions or want to share your story, please contact us at RecoveringSGMer at gmail.com hello everyone welcome back to the podcast it's katie with me jessica oh, i don't have a funny name today know, okay jessica <laughs> and today we have on keith Dawkins with us hello
1: hello hey keith how are you doing i'm well how are you guys good right
0: all right well let's just start right out keith you want to give us a brief overview of how you heard about sovereign grace and how and why you joined
1: yeah, you know, similar to what Carrie shared last episode. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to say that we had his wife on, obviously, last podcast, and she's amazing. She did great. We she love
1: her. Yeah. Love Big her. fans. Yes. Big fans of Carrie. I'm her biggest fan. <laughs>
2: fair enough. <laughs> That's, That's fair. That's she, <laughs> fair.
1: She's amazing. But yeah, essentially, as the as a church that we are involved in, a uh, church plant. Um, crumbled due to pastoral issues. Um, we found ourselves um, going to Sovereign Grace around right in the beginning of 2003 at the uh, the Gilbert Church. And uh, that was our introduction to Sovereign Grace. Nice. Back in July of 2020, last year, I posted some videos talking about my pastoral internship experience Mm -hmm. up in Denver. But as I was thinking about things since those videos, you know, there there are definitely some things I would want to share. And I appreciate you guys giving this space to do so.
2: Those videos were very informative and really intense. Like when we saw them, it was just shocking. It yeah. was shocking what you went through, mm. what you and Carrie and your boys went through.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, and we we and 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 we won't and haven't and can't or whatever um, share the the most shocking things. We we know that those things are those things are things that maybe one day you know that God God knows it's all good. Uh, I would just start off by saying, like, we all know there are many types of abuse and they're all horrible. And I'm aware that your audience on this podcast is a diverse group with um, a variety of church backgrounds and experiences. So I would just like to say up front um, I believe that every person is unique and complex and made in the image of God with intrinsic worth and dignity. And also, every person has a unique story to tell. Those of us who have been abused in Sovereign Grace churches, whether it was during the PDI era or SGM or SGC, we all share this. (laughs) together this tragic experience of abuse Uh yet uh we're all trying to heal in our own ways right and I understand that and I respect where everyone's at in their own healing process but talking about these tragedies collectively and openly Uh is beneficial Uh, Uh just just to name a few benefits that I've personally experienced when you're abused um, you're silenced you lose your voice Uh and this podcast is giving voice to the abused so Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, another benefit is when you're abused, you're you're often often is the time that you're isolated. You lose friends, family, even mm-hmm. people who you think like, man, there's no way I would lose them. Yeah. But because the abusers, the, the elders, the spiritual authority are in control of the narrative, uh-huh. then you, you tend to get isolated. And, and so again, this podcast provides a community. It provides a context to where people can hear other stories and say, Oh, that happened to them too. Like that, that mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one. Yeah, and right. so there's some camaraderie and there's some community in there. And sure. the last last benefit I would that I've I've experienced, and and again I I thank you for this podcast. Is that I think about Paul in Acts 20 when he was telling the the elders in in Ephesus, hey, beware of the wolves that are coming from within the church. They're going to come yeah. from within. Something I've been thinking about with wolves they hunt in packs right uh-huh. and so and so wolves protect wolves
0: right yeah. and right. so
1: so again when you're abused who mm-hmm. do you go to for help at that moment? Well, probably another elder in that church. And and so often the case is is that <laughs> wolves protect wolves, so there's no accountability for what happens. They all protect the system, they protect totally. the image, the name, yeah. and, right. and and they and they you are expendable. You're cut um, cut out. And so this again, this podcast is giving the ability to raise awareness um, uh, for wolves for abuse, um, giving people right. their voice back, giving community and hope. Hopefully, bring in about accountability. So, I would just encourage everyone um, to contact Katie um, or Jessica. They didn't tell me to say that. This is from my heart. Um, We're doing a great like, job. Reading our we'll story later. We'll pay yeah. you later. No, no, but uh, but I would I would just uh, I, seriously though, like for those benefits alone, um, and then seeing how how my wife benefited from it. Mm-hmm. Tell your story if you're able to. Um, sure. I know everyone's in different places, but I yeah. am incredibly thankful for this podcast. Thank Thank you so much, Keith,
2: for sharing that. I mean, that was a huge catalyst for me when Mm -hmm. I came on for the first time with Katie. It was a very cathartic experience, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure it was for Carrie um, and Dallas and Stormy and the rest that have been on. And so Mm -hmm. I'm I'm grateful for this opportunity. And kind of like what you said, we're giving voice back to those that have been hurt and Mm -hmm. taking away the power of, the wolves, I love that analogy really yeah. of the wolf, they, they do, <laughs> they do like, they do vibe with packs. Like they're yeah. like with each other and protecting each other. They really, it, it, it is, it's a pack mindset. So <laughs> yeah. we, that's the whole point of us wanting to start this back up again is to give back that power to yeah. victims of this toxic church culture. Right, and which you definitely spoke about with your videos. And mm-hmm. so, with that said, after your after you did your videos, what what was kind of the outcome? What what was the yeah. aftermath? You know, yeah. how did you process through that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. There's two two categories I'd like to share at this moment. They're, the first sure. category is just um, something I've learned. There's been a lot, but um, right. and I'm still learning. Sure. We're all learning. <laughs> Totally. Um, and, then, and then the second category would just be the, the types of responses that I received. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as what I've learned um, since those videos, mm-hmm. I I am learning how much I was affected by being under a formal pastoral evaluation for six straight years, oh, uh, two, two, two in Gilbert and four in Denver. Right. Um, there are side effects when you're under the microscope for that long. Yeah. that I wasn't aware of in the moment. Um, I'll tell you guys a quick story. i um at a work function last year in a room full of of, uh, about 40 employees. And we all had to take one of those personality exams. Mm -hmm. And and it wasn't like the four-letter one. It was more like on a a line, a a horizontal line and and like a continuum. And if if you test on the left side, you you have these three skill sets that are very natural. If you test on the right side, you have these skill sets are natural. Mm -hmm. And so so we all had to share where we are at. And out of this room of 40 people... I was the only one who was right in the middle of the line, and which meant I could do all six uh, very naturally. And they give you a little name, like a little label for where yeah. your result is. So mine was the adapter. And here, all these people are saying like, "Oh, that's so awesome! That's so cool! Like, oh, we, th- th- that's great!" Blah blah. Little do no, they know, my heart was breaking on the inside uh-huh. <laughs> because because I knew how i had become an adapter uh-huh. because mm-hmm. because being under rich's evaluation in gilbert being mm-hmm. under th- basically under three different valuations being mm-hmm. under in two different states arizona yeah. and Colorado, so different contexts mm-hmm. what it looks like in gilbert looks different under under glenn's regime which looked different yeah. under tony's regime mm-hmm. and i had to learn to be That's everything cool. at all times and and you kind of start to lose yourself. Yeah. Totally. Um, which it's kind of side note. I didn't I didn't plan on saying this, but go ahead.
0: <laughs> Just because I was like, yes, tell tell me. oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh, settle down. <laughs> I, I'm in a sales environment and everyone's saying, that's amazing. Yeah. But it's like, this is what you have to do to be a pastor in that environment. Mm-hmm. So so sales goes really well. With being a pastor in that environment, a salesperson, <laughs> yeah, so just 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 and, yeah. and, and, and well because you have to there. be a
2: chameleon. You yeah. you're like okay, I am this person yeah. now. No, okay, mm-hmm. shoop, like another yeah. hat. Yeah, you, know? you, you
1: lose you lose who you really are, and, yeah. and if you, you put just, on
2: enough right, masks
1: and you talk then, out of both sides of your mouth, you lose who uh, who you really are. That kind of thing. Yeah. Totally. But, some of the side effects, though, haven't been negative. So there, there's a positive one. Um, I I don't know. Again, I know with Sovereign Grace rules back in the day, um, I don't know how many of your listeners watched uh, Matrix, uh, the 1999 movie. Maybe they've watched it in Rebellion since leaving or something like that. <laughs> if you haven't seen they it. They need
2: to. Such a good movie. I,
1: I realized, like, I just realized this the other day. If you haven't seen it, um, the first Lego movie is an animated version of the Matrix <laughs> Basically. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I have seen the Lego movie. So yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So there you go. Like the Chosen One, and then he dies, and then he comes back, and you can see everything. Right? It's like totally legit. But um, but so so I bring up the Matrix because at the end of spoiler, alert, at the end of that movie, um, Keanu Reeves' uh, character Neo is is killed, and then he comes back, and now he can see the the system. He has mm-hmm. eyes now to really see the parts, and really, what's been on my heart over the past. Last year has mm-hmm. been the systemic problems that we're looking yeah. at and uh-huh. and the system that i'm wanting to address at this moment is called uh american mainstream evangelicalism uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's it's ugly as you know yeah. it is uh-huh. ugly and and so sexism runs rampant uh racism is very prevalent financial greed is the the amount of money made in this system like when you go to like one of these conferences uh tgc uh-huh. or whatever 220 dollars a pop and they got like about 40,000 people in there and and you're just thinking of all the money that's exchanging there. So here's, here's the thought. I I believe the greatest problem in today's American mainstream evangelical church, the greatest problem, it's not sexism, although that's a problem Mm -hmm. and it's not racism. That's definitely a problem. I believe the greatest problem is corrupt power. Yeah, because if you are a woman who speaks against this system, um, or even trying to help, like trying to help show the blind spots, you will be silenced. This is what happened with everyone, right? So countless people. Take Amy Bird, for instance, with her amazing. Oh gosh. Book. With her amazing yes. book, Recovering from Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. I mean, uh-huh. all her books are amazing. Yeah. But she does an excellent job in that book with faithful hermeneutics. And she's got point on observations. And she's bringing it to say, hey, can we just have a discussion about these things? Uh-huh. If Piper, Grudem, the, silence. They're not even going to yeah. deal with her because she's a woman, right? Because she's speaking. But if you're Jamar Tisby right? Who, if you're a minority and you're Jamar Tisby, who's speaking up about these things, I mean, I encourage anyone to listen to the Pass the Mic podcast. And he's got a series in there called Leave Loud and about his journey and how he was, his eyes were opening to the racism in in the reformed uh, Uh circles. Um, They're going to silence you, right? But here's the deal, woman, minority, I'm a white man. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like you might think like, dude, these are, the, these are my people, right? Yeah. And like the, the moment that I sit down at the table and I start pushing on it, uh-huh. right? I'm going to get silenced too because the problem ultimately isn't the sexism or racism. The, it's I have control. I have power. And I'm going to shut anyone down who stands in my way.
2: And I would say, and I would say, I would agree with that. That abusive abuse of authority and abuse of power um, definitely is the overarching theme. And unfortunately, the marginalized groups that you're mentioning, racism. Right. We even we haven't even talked about LGBTQ. Right. Like the, that group, women. Like their children. Like goodness. Yes. Like they're they're like affected. in in horrible ways, like you mentioned, but it there is that overarching theme of abuse of power that can affect anyone. Right. Right. If you if
1: if you are marginalized, if you're in a Mm -hmm. group of of that's marginalized, you're not gonna be listened to. Then, yeah, that's that's the marginalization, right? If you're marginalized, minimized um, and you try to speak into it, you're going to get blasted because Uh but the the fact that you're marginalized, that's that's the whole point is that, well, why am I being marginalized in the system? But my point is, even if you don't fit those categories, if you just come and just say, yo, um, here's what the Bible actually says. They don't like that because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter in their eyes if you're female or male, if you're where you fall sexual orientation, if you're black or white, if you're coming against my power, my authority, we will silence you. We will shut you down and wolves protect wolves. And it's systemic because um, in a systemic uh, problem like that uh, or uh, institution, the system protects the system just like the wolves protect the wolves uh-huh. so the system is not interested in protecting the people like it's the uh-huh. it's the it's the opposite of exactly opposite of what Jesus said Jesus says i came not to be served but to serve but the system is all about we want to be served, and, and uh, you will serve us, right? And if you speak out, you're out, right? Mm-hmm. And I see this corrupt power systemically at work with biblical counseling, biblical manhood and womanhood, biblical right. parenting, Dave Ramsey's biblical stewardship. You just put the biblical in front of it as if that has authenticity. But the <laughs> sure. crazy thing, right, is none of it is biblical. All right. of it serves those in the authority at mm-hmm. the cost of those under the authority, the l- listen this is the the most important thing i'll, I'll probably say today maybe oh. The application for how one is to budget their finances, or relate to the opposite sex, or parent their children, is not a one size fits all approach to be marketed uh, oh sure. as the Absolutely. biblical way. Oh, it's totally. not. But they, but but where the but so God has communicated not only by what He said in the Bible, but mm-hmm. also by what He has not said in the Bible, and where He is silent, there is liberty and freedom to explore what works for you, for your marriage, for your your family, but sure. they take, they take these gray issues, these things that the Bible doesn't explicitly um, teach and they market it and they say, okay, uh, count biblical manhood women, Bill McBarentine, biblical, how you sure. deal with your money, where to get your hair cut, what kind of clothes <laughs> to wear, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so it's like, whatever it is that we can say, um, Hey, the Bible doesn't talk about it. We're going to talk about it, mm. and we're going to market it as the biblical way to keep control, keep it going. Right. It and is. It, and, it's and all it's, about
2: control. And yeah. it hurts
1: people. It hurts For it, it sure. It destroys people, destroys them. For
2: sure. There was something that I saw on Instagram about, like, the opposite of fundamentalism is, like, freedom and self-autonomy, mm. which is exactly what you're talking about, Keith, of, like, the opposite of what the fundamentalist culture that is Sovereign Grace Churches. Is, is freedom, like freedom to express freedom to make those choices right. yourself and freedom of like trusting yourself, trusting right. your, your, right. your body, your choices, your brain, Story. And totally. that's the opposite of what they train you to do. Yeah,
1: because because and I know Carrie hit on this, but it's very true. The emphasis, the overemphasis is on total depravity at the cost of, of the imago day, that you're actually created in the image of God. So totally. when you get things like um, one of the most, and I wrote this on a blog um a few months ago, uh, one of the most like taken out of context verses is like, you know, who can try, who can know the heart? The heart is wickedly deceptive, this and that. Well, they're gonna uh-huh. twist and turn that to say mm-hmm. you you don't really know what's going on inside of you. You yeah. need us. And it's like, well, aren't you deceived also according to that logic? Like is the blind right. the blind? But really it's like um in the Bible, the word discernment, discern and and judge, assess, that's everywhere. And it's the, the assumption by God is you have the faculties to discern and look and decide on your own in these gray matters. Right. So so that's so that's that.
0: I think that that whole like um your heart is deceitful bullshit wicked I can't trust it that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that messed me up permanently like forever like I mean I've worked through it a little bit but you can't like it just teaches you I mean I was taught since I was a you know a baby like you cannot rely on your heart your heart is wicked it doesn't know what it wants blah 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 Right. right. It's so damaging. It is. Right. It, it really is. is. It
1: causes you to then have to, well, then I have to look to others to tell me what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, exactly. It, right. And it's like, here's how I kind of thought of it. Overemphasis mm-hmm. of the doctrine of total depravity. There's the, this is the formula. O- overemphasis of doctrine of total depravity plus misinterpretation of the Bible verses mm-hmm. equals not trusting yourself. Yeah. Right? It's like, so So they misinterpret Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all and desperately sick who can understand it. Mm-hmm. And we won't go through it right now, but but the literary context, um, what a new heart is and how you're able to actually, because when you look at passages that tell you that tells the Christian, you are to use your own gut feeling, your own discernment. Mm-hmm. Romans 12, 2, 1 Corinthians 2, 14, Ephesians 5, 10, Philippians one ten, John 4, 1, test the spirits. Ooh. Oh, oh you know, I love like, Okay, but, okay. But, but I'm just saying, like, guys, guys, it's everywhere in the Bible to say discern what's pleasing yeah. the Lord, test everything, um, d- uh, discern what God's will is. Well, that word discern and test, it's all about gut instincts, gut right, feeling. it's yourself. Yeah. And so, so how do you do that if your self is natural, right? It's right. Like, no, yeah, like, it's, so it's So it's yeah. contradictory to the Bible totally. itself and it's just mm. like, it's stupid, whatever. All right. Yeah, totally. So, <laughs> it is. so the responses that I received from the videos, yeah. um, from the the June, or yeah, June, uh, I'll link the them
0: again. I link them on Carrie's, but I'll link them no, again here, this yeah. one.
1: So Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, um, um, they're really positive, very positive. Yeah, um, I'm glad. And yeah. um, uh, I was blown away because um, I think I took down my Facebook Posts or my page because after a year of it, I was like, "All right, it did what I wanted it to do." That's not really my, you know, that's not my, what I was going. But I left them up on YouTube. But Facebook had two thousand views on mm, it. Yeah. YouTube had had a yeah. thousand, and I was getting responses from over over, you know, the whole world. Um, yeah, uh, Australia, Canada. Oh wow, um, the, Australia. Yeah, yeah, the UK. As well as the states. And here's what I would just emphasize on that. The massive, this was kind of shocking, discouraging and heartwarming all at the same time was that the response that I got were the majority were adults who were sovereign grace children Hmm. who grew up in sovereign grace and um what they really were feeding in on was what Pete Payne was doing and with my kids and that whole teaching and blah 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 Mm -hmm. Um, yes and so then you get to see like whoa now all the kids are in their 30s or so and they're at Place where they're reassessing everything, yeah, and they're like, "This is." I mean, they they've done it already, but they're like, they are yeah. not babies anymore. They're not really right. Sure. Let, me y'all <laughs> yes. Let me tell you all something about Pete Payne. Yes, tell you something. Here we go. <laughs> all right, Pete Payne. Pete Payne started his time in Simon Grace in Virginia Beach yeah. back in the day. He's been he's been there for over twenty five years. Oh. Mm-hmm. what Pete Payne teaches and he was he was trying to pull on me after four years of an internship there and and, and ordination exams and this is like okay hey i noticed your unbelieving non-christian children don't stand and sing during worship first of all it's like why you notice that during worship second of all yes yeah, so, shouldn't so he what? be
0: worshiping oh. right right
1: it's <laughs> kind of like the person who's like keeping their eyes open I know. Time, like, hey, I noticed,
0: <laughs> you mind your business oh. yeah yeah it's
1: like, and he's like, and I noticed that you you teach the Bible to your kids, and you do these things, blah, blah, blah but you don't require them to read it on their own. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't, because it requires faith, and I'm not yeah. going to be like, so, you know, you guys covered that with, with, with care and all that jazz. But here's the gist. Here's the poison. I just want to get this out there, and yeah. I appreciate you guys. You know, it's all good. Um, You're fine. Pete. Pete's basis for this from the Bible is he takes 12, he gave me these 12 passages that all mm-hmm. have to do in the New Testament with Paul saying, imitate me or imitate my faith as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's his 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 starting point to say, therefore, um parents, you ought to tell your unbelieving children imitate my faith right yeah so then as i start interacting with him he's like you know he's like always do the form before the substance that's his line we always teach the outward before the heart that makes no
0: sense no that's
1: terrible right and so so he's his whole thing is like you're not requiring them to stand and sing you're not Mm -hmm. teaching them the form of christianity you're not teaching them to to, you're not holding them account and beating them for not uh reading their bibles on their own even though they're special needs and this and that yada yada um but the thing is about the imitate me passages that i told p i said hey here's the deal because i go hey you you," i was still kind of wet behind the ears i was like oh Oh. you want to talk about the scriptures (laughs) okay and he's like no 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 we don't do that i don't want to talk about it Uh... no no put it in bullet points because i want (laughs) to see if you get in my box or not right right okay okay so here's the deal with the imitate me all of them are spoken to people who are christians already yeah Nowhere in the New Testament does Jesus, Paul, or anyone tell unbelievers, imitate my faith, imitate me. Nowhere. Mm -hmm, And why? Because this is because it's contrary to what Jesus teaches, Mm -hmm. right? Look, I'm gonna tell you guys so so he so form before substance, right? Mm -hmm. That's his deal. What kind of form? Sorry. Standing and raising your hands. Yeah. Because if you do that, you're teaching them faith. It's like It's a very specific... I
0: remember being a kid and, like, my parents weren't as harsh as Pete, I don't believe. But, like, yeah, we would get... Praised a lot if like we were very expressive during worship, and I always was very expressive during worship because I knew that I would be getting praise on the drive home. You know what I mean?
2: Right, right. You learn. There it is. You do. You learn. You you condition
0: yourself to
1: respond that way. Right. I'm going to tell you a story about Pain that. This is really important. Actually, yes. This is very, very important because I didn't realize at the time. Okay, so it's like March or Aprilish of seventeen. I'm gonna end this thing in September, or October. My internship, whatever, uh, cheap labor, whatever it is called. <laughs> yeah. But in in March or April, I'm getting. I'm in the break room with Pete, and he's getting coffee. He says to me, um, "Keith, do you know how elephants are trained in the circus?" I'm like, "No." Why don't you tell me? And he's like, okay. He's like, yeah, right. Here we go. He <laughs> goes, Well, when the when an elephant is a baby, when it's a baby elephant, they they tie a rope around its ankle and the other end is on a pole, and they whip it to make it understand you can't leave this little circumference we've made for you. So that when the baby turns into an adult, a massive, gigantic elephant. If we got to keep it under control, we put the rope around the ankle, and it it it's conditioned to just be like back to I can't leave my little rope. He ends the conversation on that note, and you're like, poor Dumbo. Like, what's the point here? Like, where are we going mm-hmm. with this? Fast forward six months later, and I and they've come at me about my parenting. I write uh-huh. my eight eight thousand word dissertation about my views on on parenting. And I meet with all the pastors thinking we're going to talk about the paper. Oh, foolish Keith. (laughs) And and so what happens is they accuse me of being defensive and this and that. They don't take any of the content that I had seriously. And then Pete says this in front of me. So to talk about me in the third person, and he says this to the other pastors. He goes, you know, if Keith grew up in Virginia Beach, we wouldn't be having this problem right now. which means he's yeah. looking for the rope to put around my ankle yeah, he uh-huh. wish he wished i was a baby elephant in that uh-huh. system uh-huh. instead of dealing with me and my thoughts in the bible he's like where's the lasso to put around his ankle to shut this kid up yeah Mm-hmm. That's that's his view of authority. And when you, uh-huh. con- when you contrast that with Jesus's words, who say, Matthew 23, 27, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, Pete Payne, you hypocrites, for you yeah. are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but on the inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanliness. And then Jesus says, you too outwardly appear righteous to people, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So when you compare mm-hmm. that, when you compare Jesus' words, which give life, and uh-huh. Pete's legalistic words, which lead to death, it would be better for Pete to have a millstone tied around his neck and be thrown into the ocean, according to Jesus, than to Ooh. cause these little ones to stumble. And I got emails and messages from from adults who were little ones that Pete and this freaking horrible teaching yeah. caused to stumble. Man. Yeah throw yourself in an ocean and be done with it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just so, it's so awful how they want you to be conditioned. They want you to act a very certain way. And if you don't fit that mold, then you're, you're not well. And then not even if you don't fit that mold, you don't fit in, in sovereign grace, but Mm -hmm. then they take it a step further of like, You're not even a Christian, you know, like now I get to define your faith for you Mm -hmm. and now I get to take that away. And so that's what's just so horrible about the treatment. It makes you, again, question your sanity and then it makes you question, you know, question all this stuff that you shouldn't even be questioning. Like, it's just awful that these people are are still in power. They're still pastors. Big. i looked up their the website yeah. after i talked to you and i'm like these motherfuckers they're still pastors like what it's website ju- the, their, their church website yeah. they're still tony and pete are still elders and, and did I'm yeah. you like,
1: notice jessica that tony's bio is still forthcoming oh, really? it <laughs> says that, that <laughs> it says that that's kind of sus as the what? kids say these days. Like okay. you've been there now since 2016, five he years. He doesn't
2: want to mention and, he got kicked out of Canada. And the guys, no, <laughs> yeah. seriously,
1: the guys, one, one of the feedback I got, the guys from Canada came out and they're like, yeah, I, I know why his bio's forthcoming. I don't expect <laughs> it to ever be put down in writing. You're like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Major oh, sauce. Wow. If you join Rain that fairy. church and your pastor of five years still hasn't put like anything about himself. Hmm, yeah. Run away. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
2: well after you you know you did your videos you have some reflection about what you went through um which was awful so why what brings you here today why are you why are you yeah. wanting to share more of your story yeah Why? I'm was... not not in
1: criticism
2: but just no, like yeah like what why you
1: but you know what's funny is that's what we all hear right we all are told totally. like, like why are you still talking about this get over yes. it yes yeah right, right like shut up because i want to man damn it yeah, yeah. yeah i had
0: someone yeah 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 That's
1: annoying. <laughs> we, we all know we all know though we're we're sure. like on a time clock on like on their time clock on their. Like yeah, when, totally. when, when what healing right. looks like and how it comes right. about and all that tragedy. right so listen so, so share so though we as a family are healing one day at a time and i see the healing totally. in it, and it's not like i think about these fools every day like i got a life yeah oh, i got, sure. I got, I got right. wonderful kids and and my parents have been amazing it's all good yeah. life's good awesome But while I'm healing, the effects of trauma in me, Uh my wife, my children Uh are in my face every day yeah Mm. like like the metaphor like the we still have a limp and i won't get into all the details but they are in my face every day in my kids and my wife and me and and they are the effects of spiritual abuse yeah committed committed by pastors who are Mm -hmm. still today in the church and in power so mind-boggling why am i still talking about this how can i not Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. People, right. people have been and are still being abused today by these mm-hmm. wolves. And mm-hmm. silence is not a virtue. If you're able to speak out against abuse, why would mm-hmm. I say silent? You know, it's bad enough, Katie and Jessica, it's bad enough that pastors are teaching heresy. Like that shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. But that they are misleading children. Yeah. And when Tony Walsh and Pete Payne came after my special needs children, mm-hmm. For me to watch and be an eyewitness Uh to such twisting and manipulating of the Bible in the attempt to harm my children,
2: Uh Uh
1: why would I stay quiet? Or right. the time that Pete was made aware, I'm thinking about when Pete was made aware, and I watched this. He was made aware of a husband in the Denver church who had physically abused his wife, mm-hmm. thrown her against the wall and other things. And, mm. and then one week later, I watched Pete in, in his sermon call this man by name his hero in the face. unbelievable. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, like why, that's would, so disgusting. why would I stay quiet? Mm-hmm. Or right. the time that I witnessed both Tony and Pete covering up a sexual abuse allegation at the Denver church. Mm-hmm. I watched that happen. Why would mm-hmm. I stay quiet? Right, right, right. And right. these are pastors who are in power today. So right. I'm not expecting to, to pastors to be perfect. Oh, they're not perfect. But I do expect pastors to be qualified. Mm-hmm. And I'm not right. talking about imperfection like to err is human, what I'm talking about are immoral and illegal actions yeah, committed right. by pastors. I will right. not stay quiet about that. Yeah. And, right. You know, when you on, add on top of all of that, that there's this lack of accountability and outrage from the surrounding Christian community. Yeah. Like you guys know the movie Spotlight, right? And so you oh, you, you, you take the most- Love rest,
2: that movie right? and also very heartbreaking. Very heartbreaking. Yeah. You can't- oh I my not gosh. that movie either. It's oh, about man. the-
1: Oh, go ahead, Jesus The Boston Globe's uncovering expose about the Roman Catholic Church. and Oh, the abuse yeah. Happening there. Okay. Yeah. There's a That's line a really in there. really good film. Oh, my gosh. There's yeah, a line in there really that says- the, the line says, if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to abuse one. Right. So here's Uh so let's just do a quick little, let's step back for a sec. We're in 2021. So 2018 in March, Christianity Today, one of the most widely read publications in Christianity, comes out, prints uh, an article with the title, We Need an Independent Investigation of Sovereign Grace Ministries. Uh Have we gotten one yet? Uh -uh. No. And do churches today still partner with sovereign grace churches? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. last paragraph in that article of, of Christianity Today said, We call for this, this independent investigation, we call for this on behalf of potential victims who may have yet to be heard, mm-hmm, and right. for the sake of SGC, and for the integrity of evangelical churches everywhere, and especially right. for the sake of the gospel. And, yeah. Right. Hmm. Because now it's like, well, what kind of gospel do you have if you're aiding, and abetting and harboring um, al- right. a- alleged uh, sexual predators? Right? Yeah. right. So so then Al Moeller does the right thing. Like, I don't agree with a lot of things, but, but a year later in 2019, Al Moeller publicly then goes on record to say uh, he looks at Rachel Dan Hollander's expose. He looks at the lawsuit. He lo- he actually looks at the facts and comes yeah. out and publicly says, I have severed my professional and personal relations, both with C.J. Mahoney and with Sovereign Grace Churches, I appeal to them to, to yield to this third-party independent, independent investigation. My question is, I just, you know, it's like to, Together for the Gospel is coming up in, in April next year. What yeah. other member um, from the Together for the Gospel has publicly severed their relationship with Sovereign Grace until mm-hmm. a an investigation is done?
0: Did Sovereign Grace um, respond to that Al Mohler thing? I forget. Like I his
1: think
0: they did. Okay. I think. They wrote. They had like a bunch of statements during
2: that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do remember that.
1: They're all over the map on that. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, is where has Mark Devers spoken out? Has Ligon Mm -hmm. Duncan, John Piper, John MacArthur, Kevin DeYoung, Matt Chandler? No, 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 no. What are we doing here? This is crap. And at the end of the day, it's like, um, we're not saying that you we you don't even have to say that they are guilty. You just have to say, hey, look. While this huge cloud of allegations is over you, let's 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 have our, our, our partnership be pending. Let's suspend it until yeah. you do what's right. But right. if you're not gonna do what's right, where's the accountability? And I think of right. Luther King Jr. who said, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Mm-hmm. So right. pastors outside of sovereign grace open your mouths, yeah, stop right. being cowards, call sovereign grace to account. Otherwise you're going to, you might end up being an accomplice as well. And you're sure as heck bringing um, re- reproach and uh, and reprobate to the gospel that you claim right. partnering around.
2: Well, and they're, they're part of the problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and I was going to say too, And not only the people, the pastors and leaders that are, you know, outside of Sovereign Grace, like you mentioned, that are, you know, still doing stuff with them. But Mm -hmm. also, I think people who have left, the churches who have left and left silently and not made a Mm -hmm. big to-do, I really think that's cowardice. And I think they, as well, absolutely should stand up. I Yeah, so... Anyway, yeah, i think or, so too or like
1: um if you're you know or they 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 make a public statement on their website but they continue to to minister with yes. with with yeah. uh with with sovereign grace ministries you're yeah. like yeah what what kind of do it makes is that? zero
2: sense you know? it makes zero sense and that's are, actually here in arizona and we it's are, annoying we, yeah we it's we so are, annoying
1: we're yeah it's like yeah here in arizona and i you know i share this guys with, the gospel coalition has different regional chapters and the arizona chapter is yeah. made up of 22 Two churches right now two uh-huh. of which are sovereign grace churches one of which uh is it includes rich richardson's uh center church uh-huh. and rich is the like on the leadership team in this uh state arizona chapter uh-huh. he shares he shared this sta- stage with sam storms at a regional conference he's teaching them he's very influential and yet the other uh-huh. 20 churches go along with it it's yeah. like yeah who cares? Well, and how, you know, and the how the point.
2: hell is he still on the leadership team? No, and yeah. all it like takes it guys, just makes zero sense. Look, look
1: all it takes, we're being being if we want to be taken seriously, there's a, a due process, right? Mm-hmm. But we're saying, like, look, if one of the massive, most major qualifications of a pastor is to be above reproach mm-hmm. and to be thought well of outsiders, well, if there's this massive suspicion to the degree that one of the most major publications in Christianity today says we need we need this. Uh And and for you to say, nope, no, then what's the role of the other pastors and churches that are continuing to partner with them? I think it's Mm -hmm. a no brainer. You do what Al Mohler did and you say, well, until you do that, we're not part of this because now I'm bringing reproach to the gospel, right? Whatever. But yeah, no,
2: I mean, I think you touch on a really good point of if you're partnering with known like abusive People mm-hmm. sexually abusive. Yeah. Like that's already been countless. And it's not just, oh, back in sure. the 90s. Like sure. it's still mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. I and watched you, it happen. Yeah, you watched it happen. <laughs> Even <laughs> recently. Like, oh,
0: oh, hey, about yeah. that. What because I, I have yeah. gotten questions in the past, people email after someone says something like that. Did yeah, you yeah. contact the cops or anything? Absolutely. Or yeah, that? yeah. I, yeah. I, so. I called
1: I called the hotline you're supposed to call as a okay. mandatory okay. reporter. Police were dispatched. The victim oh. um didn't want to press charges because mm-hmm. she's trying to heal. And I, I sure. get that. But the thing is is that when I first brought it to their attention, um, what happened essentially was in 2012 um this incident happened mm-hmm. um when 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 glenn was going through his adjudication process and i was leading it this story came out mm. and you're like whoa well what did you do and he's like well i called i called uh chip grange gammon and grange now guys this is before it is, it is this time. is bef- okay this is before rachel denhalder's march 1st 2018 facebook expose Chip Grange was uh, C.J. Mahaney's uh, neighbor and Gammon and Grange is a very like credible, highly respected law firm. Mm -hmm. And so his first phone call was not to the police, but to a lawyer who then, according according to him, counseled him to forgive and forget. So then you can only and and this is and this is the exact verbiage with the exact players that Rachel then later uncovered in her mm-hmm. expose. When I read that in March of 18, I was like, it wasn't shocking to read Rachel's thing. It was more confirming. Yeah. I was like, yeah, right. I've seen this. i watched yeah. it. So then, so then when I, so the guy who was being alleged of having done this thing, mm-hmm. the family was gone. The girl was gone when she was 12, she was 12 years old at this. incident. Gone scene.
0: from the church.
1: She was gone from the church. Time has passed and all yeah. the but the guy is still very much not only at the church, but they the pastors wanted to kind of put him up in leadership and, and all that stuff. And oh so I my. said, guys, so I said, look, look, I'm bringing this back up to the surface because it came through during this adjudication thing. Sure. We need to we need to give it. Yeah. You know what Tony's first response was? <laughs> well, <What? laughs> hey, hey, this is 2017 preface. I tell oh him gosh. this. And I go, guys, we're mandatory reporters. We need to report this. Mm-hmm. Tony's first response is, "We're not mandatory reporters." Okay. Hmm. And Pete yeah. goes, "No, no, we are." A lot of jo- a lot of what Pete does is to Pete cover said up. For that? The, Pete, a lot of the things That's that Pete, Pete does is to cover up the idiocy of of Tony. Pete's uh-huh. like Pete, Pete's Pete's like s- sly enough to kind of cover it up a little bit. And uh-huh. so then I'm like, "Well, what are we going to do?" Pete this? didn't do
0: anything about it.
1: No, so then they 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 construct a plan of well you know we're gonna approach the guy. Like, no, no, that's not your job right now. Your job right, is to right. call the you're police. Yeah. Like you're not trying to, you're not supposed to investigate it. if it's true. You're exactly. supposed to just report. Mm-hmm. And um, right and so after, and this is while everything's falling apart for me. There, I'm leaving and all that stuff. And I come to find that after six months, they still haven't even talked to the guy. They're not doing anything with it. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm calling the police. I'm calling them. You guys figure it out. My conscience is clear. Yeah. You guys are are messed up. What Right, but it's still alive and well. Like it's still
2: a lot. Like that's what I'm talking about. Is the abuse? The abuse is still around. It's still happening. It's not in the past. Last Mm -hmm. I
1: heard, that that guy who was in question Mm -hmm. of doing this, Mm -hmm. they made him the building manager and gave him all the keys to all the rooms. Yeah, for fuck's Fuck's sake. sake. That's what you do when you have a cloud of suspicion of molesting kids. Is hey, here's the keys to the building.
2: (laughs) It's just like it's it's just. just,
1: It's just awful. It's
2: just awful. And like kind of like what you were saying, Keith, like we can't turn a blind eye to these wolves
1: anymore. We
2: can't. Kids. Kids. No way. Kids are insane. Kids In, are
1: involved. What the hell? Insane. So, I have one more story I'd like to share here. Yeah, uh, no problem. It's story time with Keith You know, <laughs> no problem. Kids Love probably that. should use parental discernment whether you should let your kids hear stories. All right. Oops. Yeah. So th- this would be a story though. Uh, how I I've never shared this publicly before, and I'm I'm mm. a little nervous to do so, but I believe mm-hmm. it's it's it, I need to do it. Okay. um this is how the Bible saved me from suicide because of abuse. Aww. So here I was. This wasn't Sovereign Grace. A lot of people ask me, like, "Man, how did you stay in it for four years? How did you have the fortitude on stuff?" Here's how. Because before Sovereign Grace, I was a twi- I was. I got saved at sixteen. Didn't join Sovereign Grace till I was twenty-three. Those seven Uh years, I joined a church that was only 40 people strong, and within three years, by the time it was 1999, it was about 5,000 people, 6,000 people, 1,000 at this church and mm-hmm. if i i won't say the names but if i said the names jessica you'll know it's yeah. it's, it's the largest church in arizona now and right. it's a multi-site church so while and the and the pastor the senior pastor was highly revered in the state of arizona as kind of mm-hmm. like like christian royalty okay so i dated at the age of 1920 i dated his oldest daughter and for a year, I was told by the college pastor whose star was on the rise with this guy, and this is very like empire or building. Yeah. And this guy's star was on the rise. He actually came from he was John MacArthur's right hand man, <laughs> and oh. uh, this college pastor. And he said to me, he was like, "Look, if you're gonna date her, you have to end the marriage. It has to go all the way. That's a lot of that's a lot of pressure as a 19 year old. But oh, keep, right. in mind, yeah. <laughs> keep in mind that just as um, just as sovereign grace would focus, like it's always the woman's fault. In mm-hmm. this environment, it was always the man's fault because mm-hmm. God okay. calls Adam to account. And wow. they did it, they did which it. is
2: John MacArthur and Mark Driscoll's five. Totally. That it's it's a
1: very yeah, Mark Driscoll it vibe. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so so this is the, what they wanted to do with us 20 somethings, with us, you know, 19, 20 year olds, with with um, they were not in any rush to to heal your family to help you go back to, they were, it was kind of like, yeah, your family won't understand you. So, so, we, we're your parents, we're your family, we're your everything, right? Oh, this okay. is where like I,
2: Scientology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And this is where <laughs> I, this is my first church. This is where mm. I learned Christianity. Now I right. learned, I learned biblical acts of Jesus. I learned hermetics I also, but this is where yeah. I learned a lot of these things. And so I did this girl for a year, lots of that, that whole year could fill up a series on a podcast of things learned and all that jazz. But at the end of the year, um, she broke down one time in front of me and she let me see past the show, uh-huh. right? Like she let me see in on her of like how much pressure being this person's daughter was and how yeah. much to keep keep the, the perf- perfect image uh-huh. co- together. And I saw past the show. Well, at that point, once you see too much, you got to go. And I didn't know it. But what was about to happen was she was going to meet with the college pastor who stars on the rise, had vouched for me with the, with the dad. Like, He's a great guy, isn't that? Yeah. She meets with him. And lies to him about all these horrible things that I've done to her. The next day. this guy, again, functionally, my mind was poisoned to where this guy was my dad. The next day, this college pastor meets with me and think of the Mark Driscoll, the how dare you thing. How dare you? You Yeah, yeah. That next day. Like when I listened to that on Mars Hill, um, the rise of Mar- and Fall of Mars Hill, and then he mm-hmm. said this is how his counseling sessions would go. Right. Um, guys, I cried. I told oh, Carrie, yeah. I said, that's what happened when I met with that guy. And yeah. to the degree that his own son said to me, Keith, I've I've never heard him yell like that, even at me. He's never been that that bad. Yeah. And so here I am as a 20-year-old. He's just ripping me apart. He's not believing anything that I'm saying. Um, Keith, did you do these things? No. No, I didn't. Well, Keith, you're just spinning it. You're turning it. It's, again, so it's the men's fault. You know, and so then he gives me 2 Corinthians 7, you know, take two two pills, take two verses and, and go home and come back and tell me when you're healthy. 2nd Corinthians 7, he just says, I want you to read this this one little section in here that's talking about um, yeah, you know, worldly sorrow produces death and godly sorrow produces repentance. And I, I don't want you to come back and talk to me until you figure this out because right now you're just spitting the truth. And then he says to me, You're not allowed to leave the church, you're not allowed to talk to your parents, you're not allowed to talk to, to your brothers about this. And people, oh people listening to this story right now might say, Bro, you're 20 years old, just leave.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
1: but remember, I was yeah. a baby elephant yeah. at yeah. this church. Right. The the rope was being put around my ankle. Yeah, because, you felt trapped. Because this is where I cut my teeth in Christianity. Yeah. Right. He, this was my community. This is my my everything. Oh, of course. Right? Of course. And so you tell me I can't leave. You put the rope around me and I have to stay within this little circumference, right? right. So the next week or two, I'm just reading this passage over and over again. I'm reading the verses. It's not making sense to me. I'm so going to church. People are looking at me, shaking their head. If I go to sit down oh, somewhere, they all they all get up and leave. Um oh. it, it's one of those things because everyone's talking, talking, you know, about everything. And, and obviously I I'm the horrible person, this, and that, blah, blah. And I'm no. not allowed to leave. And, no. and after reading this over and over again, at one point, um, what do you do? You just say, okay, I, I get that that worldly sorrow produces death. No. I, I understand that. So I knew how I was going to do it. I knew where I was going to drive my car off um, oh. in, off of a Sedona cliff. I had started to write a letter to my parents. Um, and I my palms were getting sweaty because here we go there's no going back I've already said I love you and I signed Keith and I thought whatever reason let's read this one more time and this time I'm going to read it in its context right so I read verse one verse one says now having these promises let us go on cleansing ourselves from all defilement of the flesh. And I thought, what promises? What promises? Mm-hmm. So I flipped back the page. And at the end of chapter six is the gospel. It's you confess these things, you come out from it, and God welcomes you. He'll always welcome you. He's your father. You're his son. You can't lose him. You have God as your father, and you have his love. And I was. I, I was set free. Christ mm. snapped the rope off of my baby elephant ankle. Uh-huh. And at that point I was like, I can make it through this. I right. can live. I can breathe again. And I right. called the girl right after that and said, Hey, I know I'm going to get in trouble for calling you. It's all good. Listen, I just want you to know, because he had spies and stuff that the other sister would tell him things or whatever. I said, I just want you to know that I forgive you. That I want the best for you. I hope you can I hope your life goes well. I said I do have no. to ask you this. Why did you lie about me? And she said that's I lied because that's what he wanted to hear. So I don't, so she's a kid too. She's a 20 year old also. And here's this guy who, whose, whose power was on the rise. He didn't Uh want to look like he, he vouched for the wrong guy. So Keith became expendable. Keith was like, you know what? We can't blame it on the girl because she's part of the empire and I'm not taking the fall as the college pastor, Keith, you're out right? And it almost killed me. And Christ said, no, no, you're in with me. You're in uh-huh. the father, you're in. So forget these clowns, right? And uh-huh. so, so he, he, he saved me. And I think of like, one of my favorite verse of my favorite quotation uh, is from a guy named Richard Sibbs. And it's, and, and for those who are deconstructing right now, I want you to hear this. The quote says, nothing is as certain as that which is certain after doubt mm-hmm. we're always told how the doubt the pain everything it's going to blind you from being able to see the reality it, right. the doubt and the pain is why i can see better now it's why i can see christ better now it's why mm-hmm. i can see their crap better i don't know how many of your listeners are aware of the dr death um you know uh, it's on peacock dr. so death. good Dr. Death.
0: Love it. Okay,
1: for those who for those who haven't, it's. Do you want to give it the, the summary, Katie? Oh
0: well, no, go for it. Yeah, yeah, can.
1: the summary. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, out of yeah, no, I caught you up, guy. My bad. The <laughs> Doctor Death. He's uh he's he's a licensed surgeon and over what thirty five patients, something like that, yeah. that he has brutally like mutilated, even killed at some point and severed. you like, in Dallas, all, well, leaving, my like, hospital. Yeah, like leaving not just leaving like gauze pads, leaving like yeah. instruments inside people, this and that. And then so eventually oh they were my like gosh. and the system, the board of, of of medicine was like protecting him. Like yes. how do you get how you get that far? Well, without being fired. Well, the system didn't want it, it was protect the image, protect mm-hmm, that from, right, you, forget right, the patients, right. you know. The Bible has been weaponized. Like mm. like Dr. Death's scalpel is mm-hmm, what I would say. Mm-hmm, Here's a mm-hmm. scalpel, an instrument that is meant to preserve and keep life. Mm-hmm, and Dr. Right. Death is using it to destroy and cause yeah. havoc, right? Yeah, and, and so so the Bible has been, I think that's a great picture of how it's not the scalpel. It's the surgeon behind it. And it's the Mm. system that puts him in place. It's like, you just want to scream like, like for the pastors, you're like, stop operating no more patients on the operating table like you're done you're done right Uh and where is the accountability for that well it's coming one day it is coming one day where god will come and judge these guys james 3 1 if you're a teacher you're judged more stricter it's coming um Uh now i would just say i have just to confess right i have been spiritually abused um, but mm. that abuse does not define me, and it's not the sure. end of my story. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am not expendable. No one is expendable in the right. eyes of God. And mm-hmm. if you're listening right. to this right now and you're on the edge of throwing away your life, please, please don't. Mm-hmm. You have great worth. You are loved. Yeah. You are not to be thrown away and be expendable piece of trash. There is hope. There's real hope for you and for me In the Bible and therapy and friends and loving, merciful God, don't do mm-hmm. it. There's so much more part of your story as well. And so I right. thank you guys for letting me share share that with you. Oh
0: my gosh, thank, thank you, you Keith. Yeah. I know I mentioned this when we were wrapping up our like pre-interview, but um, I just really, both you and Carrie, really admire your guys' perseverance, um, mm-hmm. especially pertaining to your faith. I think, right. um, I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't, I go back and forth, but I don't really identify as a Christian anymore, I mean, <laughs> but it is, I can still recognize that you guys have been through hell and mm-hmm. I think it's so, I think it would be very easy to just throw away, um, mm-hmm. what, you know, you know, whatever you're believing in and And you guys don't, and you still push forward, and Mm -hmm. it's just really um, admirable, and I really respect you guys for that, because I know, I mean, for me, it took a lot less for me to, like, kind of throw my faith away, so I don't know. It's just a good, um, a really good testament, so thank you for sharing. Right. Well, and even in your story, Keith, and, like, that
2: last part of, like, rereading that scripture, Mm -hmm. I think... I mean in my opinion I think that helped you survive of like I'm not going to listen to what totally. this pastor pastor says I'm going to read yeah. this for myself and I'm going to apply this for myself and I think for anyone that's like like thinking about like keeping their faith in Christianity like don't listen to pastors <laughs> like li- like read it for yourself yeah. and read it, and like gather your own opinions yeah and that basically saved your life yeah absolutely making that conclusion yourself
1: i was able to to um well first of all katie i would just say like um no one no one in this group right is is i i is stronger or better or whatever like no Mm -hmm. judgment on my side I just appreciate you guys. And I know no one's pain is more than the other person's pain. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay Definitely. So, to totally, me, yeah. So, unique. so I appreciate, I appreciate your kind words and uh, mm-hmm. I really do. But yeah. I would say like that someone asked me, like I met with someone in Denver. I, um, I won't say who, but he was like, I he's like, dude, I wasn't able to do in, in with Glenn, what you were able to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, the reason why is because of what happened to me when I was twenty. What happened mm. when I was twenty um, knocked the ped- knocked the pastors off the pedestal and put the right, Bible yeah. back on the pedestal, put God back on the mm-hmm. pedestal, to be like, yeah. you know, you're just men. Just like me, totally. right? And yeah. so when Jesus says, like, um, if my sheep know my voice, like, know your Bibles well enough so that then when you're the pastor says what he says, or you can say, does that sound like Jesus? And if it doesn't, you don't follow.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah. You have the freedom, the biblical endorsement by God himself to say, don't follow the, the person who doesn't sound like Jesus. Yeah. And the way you're going you're gonna to know if they sound like Jesus is, is what, what, it's not just they use Bible verses, like, that's the thing, uh-huh. like, like, t- these guys use Bible verses, but they twist it and contort it, oh, totally. and you're like, you're, oh, like yeah. totally. you're not, you're not dealing with the context, you're not dealing with the whatever, so, um so, yeah, man, I, you said to, you said, you asked Carrie, um, what would you say to those pastors today, yeah you know, and I was thinking about that for me, and I was like, sure. you know, I have no more words for them, uh-huh. um, <laughs> right. (laughs) (laughs) But the words that they should be most concerned with are from Jesus who said, but there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and Mm -hmm. hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And Mm -hmm. then Jesus said, repent or you will perish since those who are teachers will be judged more strictly. That's what the words Mm -hmm. that they really need to be uh, wrestling with oh totally
2: yeah and in the meantime we'll expose them
1: yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah you're doing hey you're doing your part yeah. to say hey what do we do in the face of evil like you don't yeah. just say okay yeah. evil happened. like no you're right they're we're really
0: trying to bring some accountability yeah. here i mean you know, that's right hands yeah. uh, hey. accountability buddy
1: Yes, yeah. yes, yes. We'll be <laughs> accountability so. buddies. But no, again, you're giving a voice to the abuse. You're providing a community. You're allowing a uh, raising awareness to these things. And hopefully, um, it, you know, God, we don't just sit back and wait. We act, we're act. we actively engaged in the things of justice because God is a just God. And mm-hmm. we're creating totally. his image. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking, like, how much sovereign grace emphasizes, like, forgive and mercy. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Now, listen, yeah. check this out. To the extent that I was like, according to their worldview, if uh-huh. they are gonna be consistent with that, they don't allow for a Christian to be a judge, like in the in the court in the judicial sense. Like uh-huh. you can't be a judge and have the 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 can and be consistent with mercy, 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 because a judge is saying, if you have to hammer your gavel and say, um, we have found, I have found you guilty for the following crimes, and here's your punishment. Uh, That's very not sovereign grace way of thinking. But but ironically, where there's no justice, really the mercy is not there either. The mercy is down and cheap. Where there's actual justice, there's actually real mercy. And Mm -hmm. you have to have both. But they don't they don't understand. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Absolutely.
2: Well, thank you so much, Keith, for coming on. Thank Thank you you. so much.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. And thank you, Keith, for being so open and vulnerable in sharing your story with us. The abuse that Keith and his wife, Carrie experienced under Rich Richardson, Glenn McKenzie, Tony Walsh, and Pete Payne is absolutely heartbreaking. I'm so thankful for Keith sharing his story and shedding light on what he experienced during his internship. I've heard the wolves and sheep's clothing analogy many a times while in Sovereign Grace. But this was actually the first time that it clicked for me, that wolves protect fellow wolves in their pack. People in Sovereign Grace should be more concerned about who and what the wolves are protecting, and less about who they deem as a wolf in sheep's clothing. If you want to watch Keith's videos, which go way more in depth about his time in Sovereign Grace, his YouTube channel and his blog are both linked in the description. Also, thank you to so many of you guys who have reached out to us to share your stories on the podcast. We have a really good lineup headed y'all's way for the remainder of the year. And if you're listening and haven't reached out and you do want to share your story, please contact us at recoveringsgmer at gmail.com or you can find Jessica or myself on Facebook and message us there. We want to continue to give voices to those who are silenced for so long while in sovereign grace. And last but not least, as always, keep doing better than CJ deserves.